0: A sermon from St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church of Hancock, Minnesota of Member of the Wells preached on March 13, 2011 based on Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 15. Please stand. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God through which the Holy Spirit points us to our champion, Jesus Christ, is a portion of the first lesson, Genesis 3, verses 1 through 15. Please listen again to the uh, concluding verse of that section, verse 15. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. This is the word of our Lord. Please be seated. Dear friends in Christ, fellow saints, washed clean in the blood of our risen Savior. Why did Jesus have to die? As another Lent begins, and the gruesome gore of crucifixion, that bloody cross, once again triggers that question in the back of our minds Why did Jesus? Have to die. Genesis 3 shows us why. God had created a perfect world. It was very good, the scriptures declare. In six regular days, God had called the universe into existence and arranged nature in its proper order. He created Adam and Eve in His image, our first parents. And in his image, their mind, heart, and will lined up perfectly with God in a full sink. He gave them the garden to take care of as their home. And and he gave them the tree of the knowledge of good and evil with the command not to eat from it. Why did he do that? You might wonder. Well, well, God had created Adam and Eve with a perfect understanding. With their minds, they could understand the difference between good and evil. He had given them the ability, the heart, the desire, and the will to do what was right and good and to shun what was evil and wrong. And now with this tree and his command... They could put that knowledge into practice. Yes, they could now experience what it meant to do good, to gladly obey the Lord's command out of thanks and love for his kindness. And they could experience what it meant to shun disobedience, hating evil just as the Lord their God hated it. With this tree and his command, The Lord wanted to give them that experiential knowledge that clings to the good, not even contemplating the evil. Then their free will would have been confirmed in their holiness, never to fall. Then there would never have been death, much less Jesus dying. But how that all changed in Genesis chapter 3. In these verses... We see Satan's lie ruin all. But the Lord's promise restores us. For you see, dear friends, the Lord's faithfulness reverses our fallen relationship. And that's why Jesus came to die. May the Holy Spirit work in our hearts that that. that Realization that convicts us of our sin and guilt. And may he renew in us that joy of salvation as we once again see the Lord's faithfulness reversing our fallen relationship. Think about that theme as we take to heart these words from Genesis chapter 3. Satan's lie ruined all. And we meet Satan in that opening verse. He comes in disguise, though, doesn't he? He uses a snake. And now, snakes in general, like all other animals, cannot reason or speak or choose between good and evil. But this particular snake was different. For it was more than a snake, and we see that as the Lord tells us here, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals. Yes, this serpent, this snake, was different because it was Satan. That's why it was more crafty than any animal. That's why you could speak it was Satan, that fallen angel who had rebelled against God. Revelation chapter 12 calls him that ancient serpent. And he asks Eve a question. Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Do you catch the double lie in those words? Oh yes, Satan disguises it as a question, but really he aims to plant a double doubt with this double lie. First of all, doubt about God's word. Did God really say? And then also... The other part of the double lie, doubt about God's goodness. Might God try to hide something from you? Something good, like eating from all of these trees? Now, if you and I were there, we would have fallen for that lie right away because of that ruined nature, that fallen relationship we've inherited. And so often in our lives now, we fall into doubt so easily, But at this time, Eve still had her mind, heart, and will lined up in perfect sync with God. She stands firm. She does not give in to doubt. Rather, she defends God's goodness and declares his promise, his his word, his command. Our God, the Lord, is so good that he has given us all these trees in the garden to eat from. Only this one in the center has he told us not to eat from it so that we do not die. But Satan saw his opening. Could he convince her that maybe, just maybe, God was hiding something from her? Yes, he's given you all these trees, but why not that one? Why add a warning of death? Was he trying to hide something from you? Something good? Maybe he wasn't the good God he appears to be. You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. How often doesn't Satan's lie get us to doubt God's goodness? Yes, that's what he was trying to lead Eve into, doubting God's goodness so that she listened to him instead of to the Lord. How often don't we fall into such doubt? Is God good when an earthquake and tsunami kills hundreds if not thousands? Is God good when my heart is trampled by rejection? Is God good when the bills come in but the paycheck doesn't? Is God good when pain worsens and sickness destroys? Is God good when the hopes and dreams for my future crumble? Is God good when the troubles of life just mount up like snow along the side of the road and my life feels so bad that I'm nearly in tears and wonder at times whether to even go on? Yes, the devil points to all these evils and we feel them in our hearts and mind. We wonder, is God maybe hiding something from me? Is there something I need from God more than what he has told me in his word? Do I need to look elsewhere really to find happiness? We begin to doubt God's goodness. We begin to wonder, is his word really enough? Yes, the Bible is good, but, but don't I need more than that? And so the devil leads us away from our Lord just as he did to Eve leading us into that doubt is God hiding something from me something good he must be since wouldn't I be happier if he wasn't and once a lie gets in the rest easily follows. Just think of that lie as a snake. Once the snake gets its head in, the rest so easily follows, and we see that with Eve, don't we? Contrary to God's thoughts, Eve's mind now considered how good for food this tree looked. She no longer in her heart was pleased with what God had given her. Now she found this tree pleasing to the eye, and her will desired this knowledge that the serpent's lie had promised. She took from the tree and ate and gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate, and now they did know what evil was, didn't they? They knew evil as what they were doing and experiencing and what they were feeling as it filled their mind, heart, and will. And they knew good as only something that they had lost, that they could no longer gain. Their heart, mind, and will were no longer lined up with God's. They had lost his image. In fact, they had become God's enemies. Their heart, mind, and will were now hostile against God, rebelling against him. Satan's lie ruined their relationship with the Lord God. We see the evidence of that, don't we, as the text goes on here. Like cockroaches caught in the light, they scurry away when they hear the Lord God in the garden in the cool of the day. They try to justify themselves with those excuses. Adam even goes so far as to blame God, the woman that you you put here with me, he says. How different he is now from before when he cherished this woman as bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. How far mankind had fallen. Totally fallen. God's image was lost. Satan's lie ruined all. It destroyed their relationship with God. And that's the fallen relationship you and I have inherited from our first parents only Jesus can reverse it we might also note in passing here what we might call the collateral damage from this ruined relationship with God it also ruined their relationship with one another didn't it their sexual desires immediately became selfish that's why they tried to cover their nakedness in order to disguise their selfishness and Rather than being the responsible head where the buck stops, Adam tries to blame his wife. She gave me from the tree. And how many marriages still play the blame game? Satan's lie ruined all. But the Lord's faithfulness reverses our fallen relationship. Yes, Adam and Eve had become God's enemies because they had followed Satan's lie. They counted Satan as the friend to trust, and so they became slaves. They became thralls to Satan. And that's the slavery that we were born into. In fact, even before we were born, from the moment we began our life, we were God's enemy and Satan's slave. But the Lord's faithfulness reverses our fallen relationship. He restores in us what had been lost so long ago. He changes us. He reverses our fallen relationship for in his faithfulness he makes his promise and keeps it. And that brings us to the second part here this morning. The Lord's promise restores us. Yes, the Lord's promise restores in us what we never had to begin with. His promise restores in us what Adam had lost for all humanity. His promise restores in us that original relationship with the Lord our God. That's his faithfulness. His faithfulness at work through his promise. And we see that faithfulness call out to Adam and Eve. This is his mercy at work here. He sees Adam and Eve's fallen condition and does not abandon them. He doesn't destroy them as would be right. and at, uh, Rather, in his mercy, he calls out. And that's what the questions are aimed for. God isn't interrogating them or trying to get to the bottom of the matter. He already knows everything. But he questions them to get them to realize their own guilt. He wants them to see just how helpless they are and so he knocks out the crutches of their excuses from underneath them. He wants them to see how helpless they are so that they realize they are powerless to change their condition, to correct it. He wants them to see how much they need the Lord, their God. Only then are they ready to hear his promise how undeserved this mercy is. And and maybe we begin to see just how undeserved this mercy is when we look at how the Lord treats the devil here. There is no searching question, no promise of hope for Satan. Only cursed are you, does the Lord say to the devil. And yet, to Adam and Eve, in his mercy, undeserved, he calls out, And that same mercy has called out to you, dear friends. Through baptism and his word, he has called out to you and to me. He has found you while you were still lost in your sin and guilt. He has reconciled you to himself while you were still his enemy. And once his mercy has brought us to see our great sin and to realize that we cannot save ourselves, that we cannot change our fallen relationship, then he speaks his promise. Listen again to that promise that Adam and Eve heard as the Lord addresses Satan and says to Satan, I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. The woman, along with Adam, had destroyed their relationship with God. They had counted the devil as a friend and listened to him instead. But God says here that he's going to reverse that. Rather than being the devil's friend, he will, make, he will put enmity between the woman and Satan. And this is what the Lord God will do. Eve could not do it. Adam could not do it. But the Lord declares, I will do this. I will put enmity between you, Satan, and the woman. Yes, Eve did follow you as if you were her friend, but no longer Now I will reverse her fallen relationship and restore her into my family. And, dear friends, this promise was not only for Adam and Eve, but also for all who would come after Eve, her descendants, her offspring, all who believe the promise of the Lord God here, his promise for the Savior, all who believe that promise just as Eve believed her, also have enmity against Satan. They hate his lies. They are her spiritual children, Eve's spiritual children, just as those who do not believe the Lord's promise are Satan's spiritual children. Yes, this promise is for all her descendants, for you and me. Hear it and believe. But how? How would the Lord accomplish this? How would he restore that relationship and reverse their fallen condition. Well, from those born of woman would come one who would crush Satan's head. And just as a snake loses all its power when its head is crushed, so also this one born of woman would destroy, crush the devil's power to keep us as his slaves and since as we've already said this is the work that only god could do this one born of woman must also be god for only god can reverse our fallen relationship and restore us into his family but at what great cost to himself for his heel would be struck how painful and as we see his suffering measured in blood and his hear his his cry, Eloi, Eloi, Lama, sabatani sound from the cross. How can we not but ponder the unimaginable and inestimable price he paid for us? Yes, Satan struck his heel. But he, the offspring of the woman, came out the champion. For he rose from the dead. On the third day, he rose as the snake crusher, our champion. And through him, the Lord our God has kept his promise. For our God, the Lord, is faithful. He has kept his promise and restored, reversed our relationship, our fallen relationship. He has done that through Jesus Christ, the offspring of the woman, our God and Lord, our champion, And so, dear friends, as we wrap it up here today, look no farther than the cross to see how good your God is. No matter what kinds of evils this life may pile up around you, look no farther than the cross to see how good the Lord your God is. For he gave you his Son. Treasure the cross. And don't chase after Satan's lies for happiness. Look no farther than this book, the Bible. For through his word and the scriptures and the sacraments, the Lord our God restores in us what Adam had lost so long ago back there in the Garden of Eden. Yes, dear friends, through faith in Jesus Christ, He has reversed your relationship you are now Satan's enemy dear Christian and God's own dear child through Jesus Christ your snake crusher amen please stand the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus amen